Welcome to Boss Lady Energy. Boss, boss Lady, Lady Energy. Energy. Y'all, we got that Boss Lady Energy. Welcome back to Boss Lady Energy. I'm Courtney with my lovely co-hosts, Nikki and Kristen. Back for another Monday, y'all. Let's do it. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> we here. Valentine's Day was yesterday. Who got some? <laughs> Nikki I don't know why so I've been singing at the beginning of all of these all of these episodes I've been singing. I don't, I don't know what's know. happening with me. I, this is like cookie hour. <laughs> I think it's close to my bedtime, too. Like, I'm getting slap happy. <laughs> Maybe. Or you're just excited. It's okay. Maybe you had like a, a past life in musicals, Nikki. Who knows? But yeah, <laughs> Valentine's Day was a a normal day for me. I don't know about y'all. What did y'all do? Did y'all do something special with your guys? Duh. Girl, let me tell you. Who was naked? Just kidding. Um, not really. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> you're not kidding. We were in Joshua Tree and it was beautiful. We had two little hot tubs outside. We rented an Airbnb for one night because it was a little pricey, but we were like, you know what? We're in saving money mode. So this was like our splurge mm. for us. So we got cheesy. You know, I made a little charcuterie board of goodies, candies and such. And I ate most of them wow. prior. Yeah, but I ate most of them prior to even going out to Joshua Tree. Like the whole bag of candy hearts <laughs> my ass ate before we got there. Michael's like, where'd the candy hearts go? I'm like... <laughs> So that was fun. I can't. I love it. <laughs> what about you, Nikki? I'm with you, Courtney. We didn't do nothing. We were just chilling at home. A normal Sunday for us. Um, yeah, we've just we've had so many Valentine's Day, and this one just like it's whatever. Yeah, yeah you guys got us. the weddings I, coming. But up. It was nice. It was a chill day. We do. We mm-hmm. have wet. We're kind of both in wedding mode, and like Kristen. We mm. gotta we've gotta stop you from mentioning it because we're experiencing PTSD. Now. Okay, yeah. I don't want to talk about this wedding anymore. <laughs> Dude, I can't. And everyone wants to ask you about it. You know, everyone's like, oh my gosh, how's it going? How's planning? Are you stressed? Like what's going on? Can I help? And I'm like, can you just not ask me? That'd be great. Yeah. Okay. Noted. Cause I was going to I'm glad that they, I'm glad that they care, but I'm like, I can't talk about this anymore. I've been talking about it for a year and Courtney, you've been talking about it longer. Yes, girl. Let me tell you, let's not go there. Go back and listen to the COVID brides episode and you'll, you'll hear all of our frustrations, tips, tricks. But today y'all, we are talking about something that I feel like we all have experience and we never really talked about before. And that's imposter syndrome. So if you're new to this term, then Kristen's yeah, going to give hit the you definition because that's what she does. <laughs> I'm going to hit you with that <laughs> definition real quick. Okay, imposter syndrome. We had a lot of questions about it um, and on our boss bag Instagram post and it describes feelings of severe inadequacy and self-doubt that can leave people fearing that they will be exposed as a fraud in their job or whatever they're doing, um, usually in their work lives and it can affect anyone regardless of their success. So... This really impacts us, I know, as career-driven women and in the Hollywood world. And it, there's so much competition in the industry that we're in. So I know I felt it a ton. Yeah. Um, but that is the actual definition for you there. So now you know. Yes. Breaking <laughs> it down for y'all. So, of course, we are boss ladies. Kristen said we're career-driven. But for anybody out there that is not in the same industry as us, I'm sure a lot of us have experienced this like at different stages of life. Like, let's say it's your first job. You may not feel like, oh my God, did I really land my first job at Target? And you're thinking like, whoa, $8 an hour is a lot if you've never had a job before. And then someone else is like, oh, well, I got stuck at whatever shitty job we don't want. 
So I feel like we all have experienced it at different levels. But for me, I know once things got more, um, more, more visibility on me as a host, like that's when I really started to feel it like, whoa, the, the stuff that I've been going after, the things I've been doing for free, they're now like I'm getting paid to do. I feel like, whoa, when is any, when is somebody going to figure out that like I shouldn't be in this room? Yeah. Snatch you right out. Right. <laughs> I know. Same. I remember getting an interview at ET and feeling like walking into there. And now that I'm there and I'm like, oh, wow, it wasn't like, you know, I don't know. I didn't know the dynamics of the company at the time. And um, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm here. I remember wearing my little pencil dress and a leather jacket because I had to keep it edgy, you know? And I was like, these guys are going to be like, this girl's wearing a Target dress. She's out of here. <laughs> She's like, really? No? Yeah, I didn't understand. I didn't know, you know, the people in the hierarchy at the time. So like for me, it was like, oh my God. Well, yeah, because I mean, when you're seeing these people on TV, you're thinking they're making a million dollars. They have stylists. They're getting all the top tier like designers designing their stuff. And when you're actually living it, it is not not that that at all. I mean, it's wonderful. (laughs) But yeah, it really, yeah, it really isn't that. But I was like, oh, they're going to know like that I I don't have the designer this or that, that I'm not like... I don't have a stylist. Like no one did my makeup today, but me, you know, and um, no, it wasn't that way. That's at all. so funny. <laughs> That's so funny that you were worried about that girl. <laughs> Look, I feel like my imposter syndrome has come many different times, but the first time it happened was when I moved to Los Angeles and was pursuing this because I had been on air before and I had, you know, people writing me in on the local news level and knew what it was like to be known. Like if someone stops you in Walmart, like people used to give me free stuff all the time just from recognizing me. But for me, once I got mm. to Los Angeles, I thought it was a completely different ball game. And so once I had freelanced for so many years, got my first full-time job at Holly Scoop and then moved on to my next job at ET, I felt for the first time like, wow, like I know I set out to do this, but like, why do these people think I'm qualified to be on a red carpet talking to celebrities? Like, how am I doing what I said I wanted to do? And I'm getting paid for it now. I'm not just getting, you know, exposure anymore, especially being a black woman. Uh, in this in this kind of industry, it's very seldom that you see someone that looks like me, especially someone that has natural hair. So when I was finally in the door and was consistent at my role as a host and producer, I felt like I didn't belong, not just because like I didn't feel I wasn't qualified because like I just didn't see anybody else that looked like me either. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that can be hard. I know just like you, you know, I traveled or I, you know, moved to LA to do what I'm doing now, but landing the internship and job that I have now at TMZ, it was, it was imposter syndrome, you know, because I hadn't had anything prior to this. I just had my, you know, uh, college, you know, internship at a local news station. I had like a radio show internship. So when I decided like, okay, well maybe I need to start applying not for jobs and maybe just go big or go home and like, I'll just do LA and see what I can get. Well, a lot of the places that, you know, these entertainment outlets, when you're fresh out of college, they're not looking to hire you to be a producer or anything like that. You're right out the gate, intern, stepping into that thing, getting people coffee, you know, all these things. So when, when they were asking me like, well, are you still enrolled in college? You know, during my interview at TMZ, I was like, yep, 
I'm in, I'm enrolled because I wanted to get to where I am. So I signed up for a community college class and just had the papers signed. It was like an online class. It was super easy, but like I could get credit for an internship. So I did that, packed my bags, moved to LA, but like the entire internship, I was like feeling like, okay, well, like why me? I live mm -hmm. in Illinois. I'm not local to LA. They could have easily chose someone local who maybe who went to UCLA, who could do these entertainment, you know, internships or, you know, have an entertainment background, more entertainment behind them. And I've never been lucky in my whole life. And all I kept talking this internship up to was luck. Yeah. I was like, oh, mm. I was just lucky. I just happened to meet, connect with the right person on LinkedIn or reached out to the right person blindly. Like, yeah. I'm not about my intelligence, not about anything that like I am, but I was just like, oh, I'm but just lucky. No, but, but I've never been lucky in my but life. That's, yeah. That yeah. is exactly <laughs> imposter syndrome. And like you have the, the thing is when you get there and you are still feeling, you know, oh, I'm lucky, whatever. But like once you get there and you put in the work and you prove yourself like to the other people, you're still feeling this way, maybe inside like, oh, God, I didn't deserve this. But like they see your hard work and dedication if you are that type of a person. And yeah, you've solidified it like they're not going to second guess you. And if you trip up here and there, it's not going to be like, hmm, well, what was her background? Like, where did she come from or whatever? It's like if you're there and you're grinding, like, yeah, yeah you'll get some constructive criticism here and there if if it's warranted. But you, it, it's just so crazy that we let our self-doubt really like just eat away at us. Like we cannot even yeah. celebrate those wins and like really embody the moment of like, here I am. This is actually happening to me. And I remember... Yeah. Similar to Nikki, I worked at TMZ as well and I did do an internship and then they let me go after my internship was over. And I don't know what I thought. I was like, oh my God, I'm like, get a job right after this. They didn't call me again until seven months later. And it wasn't because mm. I didn't work my butt off when I was there for an internship, but it was because there were, just was no openings. Like there's so many people in our industry. It's so competitive. It took seven months yeah. for them to finally call me out of the blue and start up TMZ Live. And I remember walking into the office and like I I sat at a desk with with my boss like we shared a desk because our office was so tiny but I remember pitching for the first time on the show and feeling and like seeing myself on Fox and being like that's not me and like there's some like crazy disconnect with imposter syndrome that you're just like nope that's not her don't know her like but that's me oh wait this is so effing weird <laughs> yeah no y'all I honestly feel like back then I felt a lot more confident in my skill set. Um, and so I didn't have immediate, I didn't have immediate self doubt. I feel like my doubt started seeping in the more I was in the industry. Like, I feel like I had the normal, okay, this is your first job. You're in this new city. Like, wow, somebody's paying you. But for most of my career, I've really did feel qualified. And I really felt like I did have to work super hard. And I did have the background. Like I went to the university of Missouri and Mizzou is one of the number one journalism programs. So I knew I had the skill set. It's just Mizzou didn't really teach us about entertainment journalism. So mm -hmm there was no like roadmap on how to do it. So when it was happening, it's like, I knew I had it, but it was just, it was like, I was constantly seeking validation from the places that I worked for, which I think that kind That's of it. brought my self-esteem down. Yeah. That brought me into those feelings of feeling like I wasn't inadequate. Cause like when I walked through the door, I feel like, Hey, no, I definitely yeah. deserve. I graduated to, to be with here. this degree, like all of that. Yeah, yeah no. you're right. Or, or even I've worked my butt off, like all those years working for free, and all those years of like building my reel up have led to this moment and I feel like I'm ready for it I knew that I was ready it was it was actually when I was in the role where I'm like 
oh my God, like, does anybody like see my worth? And then, you know, that goes even to just being a woman and not being paid adequately. And that, you know, all those things tie into like feelings of not feeling like you're enough, even though, you know, deep down inside, like you got the skills, girl, you like people are constantly, you know, wanting you to mentor them. But there's times I'm like, why do you want me to mentor you? I don't have enough experience yet, but knowing younger me and knowing me now, I would want to, you know, I would want my own advice too. But it's just that it's that, that thought process when you're in the midst of it, you can't see that you've arrived. Yes. Oh my gosh. I didn't think about it like that, that, I guess. Like, yeah, it is the industry that kind of breaks your soul down. (laughs) And then you're like, oh God, am I good? Because yeah, Yeah. you've done all these things and you come into it thinking, I'm going to crush this. Like I'm confident. Here I am. Let's do this. And then you're like, oh shit, someone's looking at me weird. Like maybe I'm doing something wrong. Like, Exactly. I felt that when, you know, my former boss Dax left TMZ in 2016 and I didn't know if I could fill his shoes. He had been there for 10 years, was great at his job. Um, So me stepping into that hot seat, I was constantly scared that I was going to be seen, that I was literally like, I know that I have the experience. I've climbed my ladder in this, this place to get to where I am. But like, I was constantly questioning, do I know what I'm doing? Do I really know what I'm doing? Am I good at my job? Or did I somehow trick Dax into thinking that I was the person I wasn't and that I was going to be able to take over for him. Um, I can't handle being the supervisor of this department. What in the world were these people That's thinking? So funny. I was downplaying my experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like downplaying my experience, self-sabotaging myself when clearly I was the best fit for that position mm-hmm. because now I'm going on five years being in that position. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know what I That's was doing. That's funny, but Nikki, because I, I was <laughs> there at the time, like before you became this superpower human at this company. <laughs> but I remember seeing that fire in you and thinking like this girl's got it like she's gonna be in high places like she's got that fire under her ass and you could handle the boys club that TMZ is I can say that because I don't work there you don't have to say that you're not saying that I understand um but you've got that spitfire <laughs> Kristen I'm just saying disclaimer Nikki's not saying that I'm saying that and she's well can- I'm not saying it because you work at <laughs> my former place <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. Since we're throwing, I'm, I'm, I'm we're, not, we're not throwing actual shade. We're just playing. No, I, I, I remember seeing you and being like, "Oh yeah, this girl, she's got it together." And I mean, don't get me wrong; it's taken me a minute to like understand, like, okay, shit, like I am pretty good at what I do, but it's because exactly like Courtney said, I've put in my work, I've put in my time, and I'm like, I'm ready for this. But when Dax was leaving, and I didn't know anything else, in a sense, I've only known TMZ. Yeah. The, this entire time that I've worked in LA, I've only been at one company. So I was like, oh, oh my God, like this is all uncharted waters. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, do I know what I'm doing? Is this what I want to do? Do I really want to like dive in and be the supervisor of this department? Can I handle it? Can I do this? Like constantly questioning and self-sabotaging myself because I literally felt like, okay, like I know I'm good, but like, what am I going to be seen? Do they think like that I'm someone I'm not? Did I trick them? <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's constantly what I was questioning. Yeah. But that's imposter syndrome, like right yeah. there. <laughs> Look, we have so much more that we want to share on this with our experience and so many tips, but y'all, we are not alone in this. So let's get to when I sip because I got my Corona today. Cheers. <laughs> when I sip. Cheers to water. I can't believe Cheers. Court's drinking a beer, girl. Get mm-hmm. it. Ooh. Oh my God. We're doing happy hour today. Me and Jarrell, we're treating ourselves. We deserve it. Um, yes, so yeah. Love it. <laughs> but okay. Love it. Y'all, I was shocked when I read that 
Serena Williams dealt with imposter syndrome. She is literally the goat as an athlete. And so to Mm -hmm. know that she's expressed feelings of imposter syndrome, especially as a younger sibling, it struck me in a way that was like, no way. Like she's always known she's a boss. She's always known that she's successful. Like she's got the stats to prove it. Why would she ever feel inadequate? But she uh, actually went and told Oprah, I believe this was an interview um, in person or maybe a sit down, but this is what she said, y'all. Let me give it to you. So she said, quote, there were two Venus Williams in our family. It was crazy. And she said, my parents would make me order first, but once she ordered, I changed my mind. It was tough for me to stop being Venus and become the person I am. One day I just said to myself, I'm not Venus. I'm Serena. I still... Uh, copy Venus in many ways but it's not as bad I sound like I've been through some kind of 12 step program (laughs) (laughs) I love that but it was interesting to hear that perspective you know a lot of people we say like feeling it in work or feeling it here and there when you're feeling it in your family and when you're a younger sibling of someone who has been in the spotlight and who is going down the same path as you becoming a tennis star I, I was caught off guard by her feeling that way as a sibling because I was like oh I'm the older sibling and I know my brother has talked about this before about you know being kind of like almost in my shadow Mm -hmm. and trying to follow some of the things that I was doing Um, but you know he's a boy I'm a girl you know it just didn't happen that way but now I get it like hearing her talk about how you know she would order the same thing and if if Venus didn't order something then she would change her mind or she would do this and if Venus didn't do it she would change what she was doing like Mm -hmm. it's insane because and look look at her now now, multi like Olympic gold (laughs) medalist like oh my gosh yeah, and they both had their own lane. Like they did the same thing, but they both stand on such a high pedestal. But I can only imagine like, you know, all families are different, but I feel like the beauty of, of my family, I don't think me and my siblings, at least I don't feel like I'm competing with them, but I don't know how they would feel about me. My sister, we have pretty open talks and like she says I inspire her, but she's never like, she's not type A like me. Like she doesn't do the exact same thing as me. Like we really do cheer each other on. So to hear that and to always feel like, you know, like you said, Nikki, to feel like your younger sibling feels like they're in the shadow. It's like, dang, yeah. that's like a whole nother yeah. level. And then they have to do the same job as you. Like, dang, that's right? crazy. Yeah. And also um, someone else that I was looking up and I kind of I kind of already knew this, but I, she just gets so much hate. She has the what does she call them? The Hathaway haters or something like that is Anne mm. Hathaway. And after she won the Oscar for Les Mis, I've slowly I don't know if she has like a publicist or something that has done this whole spin image on her. But like now I love Anne Hathaway and I feel like we all kind of like her before. We, I did during like Princess Diaries years. But like I feel like we all oh, yes, went through yes. like a phase where it was like. Anne Hathaway is kind of, she rubs you the wrong way. You know what I mean? And she went through. I don't, but I'm listening. Okay, you did. Okay, well, that's great. I had that with Shia LaBeouf, though. Ooh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Shia. Oh, my God. I go back and forth with him, too. But Anne Hathaway, after she won the Oscar for Les Mis, she, like, said something when she was on stage. She said, like, um, oh, it actually happened or something like that. And, And everyone was like, what? what do you mean it actually happened? Like, are you even here? Like what it just, it came off very arrogant and she was talking to Vanity Fair after all of that went down and it got so much hate. And she said that she felt like she had to stand up there and be happy when like she wasn't feeling happy. Like there was this disconnect between who Anne was and how she actually felt or Annie, she likes to be called Annie. Um, how she felt and what was actually happening to her, like winning that Oscar and having all of this praise, but like she wasn't happy 
and wasn't excited to really get the Oscar, which is like, right. She said, I felt wrong that I was standing there in a gown that cost more than some people are going to see in their lifetime again, winning an award for portraying pain that still felt very much part of our collective experience as human beings. Yes. That is, that's on a different level. Like it is deep. It is deep. That is heavy. I think, but that, that's, that's what I mean when we talk about different levels. Like when you reach certain levels in your life that you never imagined, like you always dreamed of it, but once you reach it, it's kind of like an outer body experience. And you know, the same as Anne, like, I'm not going to say I understand her exact lifestyle, but when you reach that certain level and you know, you may have not been present when it was happening. Like when you win, you it's very unexpected. And like, it's different than like, um, you know, like a Halle Berry moment when she won the Oscar. She was completely like into that role, into, into really moment. wanting to make that dream. Yeah, in that moment in her right. life. And so she wasn't experiencing the same thing that Anne, Anne Hathaway was because she's living in that moment and she really was fighting for it. Mm-hmm. It's not that Anne wasn't fighting for it. I just th- think a lot of imposter syndrome, it blocks you being able to see yourself in the present. And yeah. that's so sad. That's so sad. Yeah. Um, Time Magazine actually says an estimated 70% of people experience these imposter feelings at some point in their lives. And according to a review article published in the inner, oh, that was according to an article published in the International Journal of Behavioral Science. And it can be anyone, actors, you know, construction workers, like journalists, whatever, just broad spectrum, people in sales. It says- I don't know. It's just there's just so many people and I'm not shocked that it's 70 percent of people experience that because most of our life we're working and we're working towards what we talked about this happiness and all of that. But when you're working towards success or like a certain goal and you finally get there, like sometimes you don't feel like you belong or sometimes you you know you belong, but you're like, dang, like. Anybody else realize I really shouldn't even be in this room? So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just interesting. But if y'all are dealing with imposter syndrome, then we got a whole list of signs just in case you have never heard of this. Or if you have, like, maybe you don't know that this is something else you have on your list of like, I need to figure this out. I've got imposter syndrome. So Nikki, kick it off for us. Yeah. So one of the first things I said in the beginning was, you know, I was like literally attributing all of my success to get to where I am to luck rather than my intelligence or experience. So I constantly kept saying to myself, I'm so lucky to be here. I, oh my gosh, what did I do to, you know, I, it was luck that I actually, that I uh, connected with this person on LinkedIn. It was luck that I uh, reached out blindly to someone else and they connected me to someone else. Like always saying I was lucky Mm -hmm. um, is a huge problem for imposter syndrome. If you constantly are questioning and saying like, okay, this is luck, right? Because I, I'm not smart enough to do this, or I'm not, you know, my experience doesn't have all this. This must be luck. Like I'm lucky. This is a sign that you are dealing with imposter syndrome. And that was one of the things that like was, it was, it was jarring to me when, you know, we were talking about what we were going to talk about this week and you guys had brought it up and I'm not going to lie. I didn't, I didn't know. Yeah. You were like, what's that? And (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah. And then when you guys had said it, I was like, Oh shoot. I've met experience in this X, Y, and Z, you know, and it's, it's, it's definitely the lucky to be here was one of the big ones for me. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely had an intervention (laughs) with you, Nikki, and I'm glad that we're here now. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. It wasn't really an intervention. It was actually like a, it was like a teach. It was like a class. You taught me. You guys taught me from each other. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, but you know, one of, yeah. it's so interesting when we talk about the different signs, because I feel like not only is it us that's contributing to that feeling of I feel lucky to be here. It's other people like mm. I don't know how many um, of my friends who are hosts or journalists have had like DMs or just like people in like normal conversations say like, oh, you're so lucky. You should be so grateful. Oh, my God, I wish. And that's like, that's awesome. But then you start the things that people say to you start becoming your reality and what you believe of yourself Mm -hmm. if you don't really have your confidence where it needs to be. And so I think that that really attributes to it, too, is that there's so much outside noise. And if you already have that like nagging thing in the back of your head that like, oh, I'm lucky to be here. If someone else is verbalizing it, it kind of keeps you in that imposter syndrome longer. Yeah, it's like constantly people exactly like telling you what you are worth. Kristen, are you okay? Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Are you crying? (laughs) No. (laughs) Are you blanking out? She just didn't say anything. Well, yeah, she just didn't say anything for a minute. Kristen, are you drinking? Girl, I'm serious. I'm serious about it. Listen, are you stroking out? Please be honest because I've experienced this and I just need to know. Wasn't no, wasn't that weird? I was like, I was because no, I'm so sorry. No, I was worried that my um that my thing wasn't recording and I was like, shit, what's going on? And I was moving it and I was like trying to let you guys finish and and not interrupt. And then it like stopped. I'm glad you're back. (laughs) Sorry. It's okay. Okay. I'm glad you're back. Boss ladies and everybody listening, Kristen is okay. We were just worried for a moment. Okay. I'm all zoning out. No, I'm so sorry. Okay. Well, let's get back to some other signs that may be, um, maybe signs that you're dealing with imposter syndrome. So another one is there is this pressure to avoid fail failure for fear of being found out. So there's this idea that this idea that I cannot fail at this, like, and I think all of us have experienced it, but if you're dealing with imposter syndrome, it is kind of crippling to, have that in the back of your mind every single time you're finally in a room it's like I can't screw this up I can't mess this up I cannot fail but it's like I feel like when you're thinking that and you're like I can't I can't you always I don't know about you guys but I feel like I always end up doing something whether I say something effing weird or I drop something when I keep thinking like don't drop that don't drop don't drop and then you drop it it's like you're almost putting it out (laughs) into the ether that it by saying I'm not going to is saying like in another world it it, it did happen and there it goes it's going to happen right now like you're put you're putting it out there like if there's any Mm -hmm. way to and I guess this is I'm kind of jumping ahead but it's it's almost like the ways that you can avoid imposter syndrome is recognizing that subliminal or like your subconscious talking to you in that negative self-talk and be like hey I see you. I hear you. No, that's not my story. No, that's not my journey. No, I'm not going to fail. I, I, and not even like, I'm not going to fail. It's like, how would you speak that in the opposite that you have succeeded? Right. So it's like, yeah, I, I'm words of affirmations are are necessary. I'm succeeding. They really are. I did it. Mm -hmm. And like, think about the outcome. Don't rely on what the outcome is going to be. But if like, we're able to, Think about the outcome exactly how we want it and then work backwards. What are the steps to get to the outcome that you want instead of the I can't fail at this? It's the okay, I've succeeded. Now here I am walking into this. What do I do? What's the journey to get to succeeding versus 
the right. negative. I mean, Changing the way you're yeah. thinking. Yeah, the way you think yeah. and what you take in, like canceling out all negative talk from outside people, from yourself. It really, excuse me, I've been having these uh, happy hour um, nachos, whatever. Um, <laughs> no, but really, <laughs> it's about canceling out um, the noise from other people and the noise from yourself. And I think most of the noise when you have imposter syndrome is from yourself. And so I won't lie, I definitely have had moments where I'm like, I am afraid to fail. And as much as I constantly preach, like being being fearless, like most people who are successful have failed so many times and they kind of get used to it. But in the beginning, it's scary. So, you know, if you're having those feelings of like, I can't fail at this, you really need to just let it go and start affirming yourself that like you can and you will. And, uh, you know, like Kristen's saying, those positive um, affirmations and those positive things are actually going to change your reality. And there's a couple other things. There was like downplaying your own expertise when you know you're more skilled than others, that self-sabotage. And then that kind of feeds into like, yeah, switching the way that you're thinking um, and becoming the observer and asking yourself, do these thoughts help or hinder me? Yeah. Yeah. And how you respond to challenges as well. Like when, you know, I think Kristen, you had brought this up yesterday when we were talking, the only difference between those without imposter syndrome is how they respond to challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think like, you know, the way we just talked about the negative self-talk and you can't fail at this and the unnecessary pressure you add on yourself to yourself is, is, is part of imposter syndrome. You know, those people who respond to challenges by telling themselves, I can do this, changing the way that they're thinking and making sure that they're being positive about the outlook of tackling this challenge. I think that's what, you know, possibly makes a difference between. And Mm -hmm. if you're feeling that way, you know, those are all ways that, you know, you may be dealing with imposter syndrome and you may not even And your know thoughts it. and yeah. feelings are valid, of course. Like, I, I mean, but it are are those doubtful feelings valid? Maybe not. I no, don't know. They, no, they are valid. They're valid to feel that way. I think the difference is being resilient, being able to bounce back. Even mm-hmm. if you know that you have areas to improve in, don't put all of it in one basket and say, I just can't. I'm just bad at this. I'm not good at this part of my job. Like, I'll never get this. Like, changing those type, the way that we, yeah. you know, put everything into a never box and, and having a little bit more optimism is going to be better. And just knowing that all of us fail. Like, some of the people we look up to most. Most have failed more than more than we have. Most successful people have failed more. And so just knowing that all of life is going to be about bouncing back from failure and getting used to it. It's not easy, though. No, life is tough. But I think that, you know, whatever religion you are or whatever got like I like to say, you know, God gives you things that you can handle, not, you know, the opposite. So it's, it's that it's, it's that, you know, whatever comes your way, you're human. Yes. You're going to have your feelings and whatever, but like you will overcome, you can always overcome, but just recognizing when you feel fraudulent or when you're feeling a certain type of way that is that, and you're hearing yourself talk like that to you. I have a girlfriend that, um, she's going to therapy with her husband. They're both going separately and they're going together. And this is more relationship driven, but it it works for this too, because I did it for myself the other day. And, um, she, her therapist told her to write to herself wherever she is, whether she has a journal or her phone, grab your notepad out. Like I was on a walk the other day and just stopped and started typing in my phone. And it's like, she, the, therapist told her to write a letter to herself 
to her younger self or to herself now, depending on how, like what those feelings bring up and say like, hi, so-and-so, whatever your name is. Like I wrote, hi, Kristen, how, how, why are you feeling this way? And like the specific thing I was feeling. And then I wrote myself back and said, I'm feeling this way because, and it's so crazy. I just typed all this stuff. And like I was, she had told me about it and I was like, eh, would that work? I don't know. I feel silly. You know, that feels dumb. But like I got all of my feelings out and I got to the core and root of what I was feeling right then in that moment of self-doubt. And I was able to articulate it better. I was able to understand the feeling and push it past and be like, I don't need that. That's not a part of my life where I'm at now in my growth. Mm -hmm. And it was just a game changer. And I'm telling you guys that because I did it. I have it on my phone in my notes. And I was like, mind blown. It works. It does. Yeah, it does work. I I definitely think for me, um, another thing, if you're dealing with imposter syndrome is to separate feeling from fact. And I know that we discussed this a little before, but as someone who like everyone constantly will ask, like, how did you get to where you get? And I always, I've always have relied so heavily on my faith. And I, it sounds so woo woo where it sounds like, you know, whatever, um, if you, if you don't believe in God or if you don't have a belief system, it may sound like, oh, there she is just getting lucky. But for me, the moments when I let my feelings get in the way and I allow um, these different things to make me doubt myself, I always lean on God. And I'm like, how can someone who is the child of the king act like she's not the child of the king? Like, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he has for my life. If I'm supposed to be in this room, this is a part of the journey that he has for me. And so every single time I've gotten something, I always give credit back to him because I'm nothing without him. I can't move through my career or through life without him. If one day he decides to, to take me out, then that's on him. And so all I can do in those moments of doubt is remind myself who I am. And I feel like that's really helped me in all areas of life. But specifically in my career, I really have seen that like none of it is by coincidence and Mm -hmm. none of it is, you know, I wasn't ready for that moment. Like every door that's opened, I've, I haven't been super surprised, but the ones where I have been, I'm like, God, you were listening. You, when I was crying out or I was screaming out and I was saying, why is this not happening? And like, even if it was delayed, like you made it happen. So if you're dealing with that, definitely separate those feelings from what your true reality is. Yeah. When you're in the thick of things, it's very, very hard to separate your feelings from fact. But exactly like what Courtney said, you have to kind of realize. And one of the other things you can do is manifest and seeing yourself as being successful. See yourself being in that dream Mm -hmm. job. If that's going to help you separate feelings from fact and be like, this is where I want to get to. This is what I want to do. My dream relationship or being a good parent or whatever it is that you're feeling this imposter syndrome with, like doesn't just have to be about a job, but like manifest it and see and believe in yourself to get to that point. And, and, and it's gonna, it's gonna work. It's gonna work. Persuasion, oh, persuading yourself mm-hmm. to feel that like to the core, like today I, I was like, I am abundant. I am abundant. And like, I saw Kristen, all these zeros in my bank account and I was like excited. And I was like, <laughs> yes, I got my down payment for the house ready, bitch. Woo. <laughs> you know, I just feel can. it to your core, baby. <laughs> Well, you feel it. I feel like I'm going through a meditated, I don't know, some type of yoga session whenever Girl, you talk about it. I love it. Every though. time she goes, I said it, I set an intention or I did this today. <laughs> I like try to send my things to like, I sent Nikki the other day, Courtney, I sent Nikki a, um, a meditation and I was like, just in case, you know, you might want to 
Try it. A guided meditation. <laughs> this I bitch, can't. you know yeah, she didn't do I it. Because <laughs> you know she would have felt better like, if she did it. <laughs> yeah, I would have got a call. I said, thank you so much, yeah, yeah, yeah. but no thank Thanks, you. Thanks, LOL. I'm all cool. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god. god it's true though <laughs> no but i guess i guess i set myself up for that one when i said manifest yeah you know i'm all here hand in hand with christian spirituality <laughs> i'm all here you what, did. what do we need to talk about <laughs> <laughs> no but listen y'all another thing i think we're all so guilty of and i'm still trying to work on it actually i'm trying to work on all of this but truly one area i have such a hard time with y'all is rewarding myself for more times about getting it right than getting it wrong. And that mm-hmm. goes back to that negativity of, you know, not being exactly where you want to be. But really, it's like if you if you look at where you are and if you reward yourself, you're going to feel so much better about being in that position than if you focus on what you don't have or focus on the next step. And I think being a you know recovering perfectionist, I was always worried about the next step and like, mm-hmm. how can I do this? How can I achieve this? Or, you know, it's just not right. It's just, things are just not going how I want them to. Instead, I should have just been a lot more present and said, man, Courtney, like you did great on that article. It got this many clicks. or you did great on that video. Like, look at all those views or, you know, you got a brand deal or whatever it is that you have in life. It may not be exactly where you want to be, but sit in that moment and say like, girl, you did that. Okay. You know, do you guys feel weird? Yes. I agree with that. Do you feel weird? Um, I don't know. It, it, and maybe this goes into the imposter syndrome, but do you feel weird celebrating yourself or having other people like celebrate you and clap you on the back? Cause that's a form of imposter syndrome too. If people are like, girl, you crushed that interview or like, yes, great pitch. Like everyone loved it. Like, look at how many views on the site, all this stuff. Like, girl, you're carving your own lane and makeup, like whatever it may be. Like, I know I have an issue with accepting praise too. And, and that definitely mm. goes along with, feeling like, like I almost like Mm -hmm. crawl into a shell and now I'm, I'm except trying to be like, thank you instead of doing that. But like even like small wins and being like, let's pop some champagne. Like we did this. Kristen, good for you. It's like, thanks, you know, cheers. Everyone Mm -hmm. have a good time though. It's so hard to accept the praise and to say thank you. Thank you is actually a very tough word to say. Um, When you have your colleagues who you're up against or, you know, you guys are working together on something and you're the one getting the praise, they may not be. So it's really hard, you know, the dynamic that you have there at work. And it's just like, great job, Nikki, you know, whatever, whoever's, you know, cheering you on. And it's it's hard to say thank you. I think that's why we kind of like, go underneath a little, a little blanket. I feel like it's yeah. also the industry we're in. Um, mm. but it's, it's tough. Cause it's so it's easy tough. to yeah. look to conceited too. And then like, if mm-hmm. you are accepting praise for something that a group did, but you're the only person called out. And I always find myself being like, cool. It was me, Jordan and Marissa and five other people too. Yes. And, and then st- mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, yeah, I did come up with the concept, but like, then we've got the cameraman and all these other people and just in my realm and it, and it yeah. feels like I, I, if I don't say thank you, I've seen the girls or guys that don't say and thank you and, you know, treat everybody equal. And I also don't like the yeah. way that that is, that plays out. So what's the good I mean, it depends balance. on, it, 
It honestly, balance is a good word, but it depends on your environment or whoever your friends are, wherever you're working. Um, all of There's so many factors that go into how you feel whenever you get that praise. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, whenever I've been in those situations, like I've worked on saying thank you, even if it's like someone just saying thank you about my outfit. I've worked over the years of someone like saying like, oh, thanks. But because I've always been a cheerleader of other people, it feels much more natural for me to cheer people on because mm-hmm. I genuinely am happy for other people. Yeah. And it's not that I'm not happy yeah. for myself. It's just like I in the you know family I've been raised in and like the grandmother that I have, you you stay humble. And that's just how it's always been. And it's not that I'm downplaying that I'm good, but I'm just never going to be the one that's like. I'm a bad bitch. Or I'd yeah. never even say that. But you know, like, I'm this. Or would. like, I did that. I know you would. That's I would why be I like, Yes, but that's my girl. Tell them. I know. Tell them. Yeah, <laughs> we'd be your cheerleaders like, yes, girl. No. He's a bad bitch. See, I'm doing it right now. But uh-huh. like, that's just not in my nature. And uh-huh. it's just not my personality. Like, I know who I am, but I just don't like I'm not the type of person that truly needs that kind of validation. It actually makes me feel better to praise other people. So I have been getting better about like, oh, thank you. Or like yeah. just trying like even if I'm just saying thank you once and I'm like, oh, let's stop. Yeah. <laughs> stop yeah, with yeah, yeah. It. Cool. Like that's just my <laughs> yeah. that's my personality. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to get better at it because I realize like sometimes nice girls do finish last and I don't want to be last. I don't want to be, you know, the person that never puts out like the things that she's doing just because it's going to look like, oh, she's just she's over here mm-hmm. stunting or she's over here bragging. Yeah. Instead, I should feel happy and excited like, hey, like look what I'm doing. But my I'm all sadly my my track record has been I always am thinking about other people. Yeah. So if you're like me, get out of that. Like it may be baby steps. You may not be, you know, going and saying like, yeah, y'all can't nobody tell me nothing. You're not going to be Cardi <laughs> B status, you know. <laughs> But baby steps, I think, really what is do this help. Corona doing to no, you tonight? No, it's not doing anything. This is actually just me. Nikki no, Hush. she's just saying. I'm done. She's just saying. No, I understand though, because like, could you imagine your shit don't stink? Like, the, I wish get high on your own supply. Mm-hmm. You know, Michael always tells me that get high on your own supply, Kristen. I'm like, well, you know, you got to take your own advice, but. Yeah, it's difficult. Also, I was going to say, also, I think it's harder in our industry because we're so visible like and that's across, you know, not just TV or digital or whatever brand, you know, the brands that we work in. I think even on my end, I'm going to be real. If there's anybody that's out there that models like it is so hard to even celebrate modeling wins because people are like, oh, she thinks she's pretty. Oh, she thinks she's this. And it's like, no, there's some like big commercial jobs are big things that we book and we want to be happy about them. But a lot of times people are like, Oh, she's just cute. Or, Oh, she's just this like, and it takes so much more than just being cute. Like there, look, modeling is not easy. Like, not just anybody is going to sign you. And so I think it just depends on what you're in. And a lot of times people who are in roles are in different industries that other people aspire to be in, but they're fearful of like, there's going to be that other side of like, dang, I don't really want to put it out there too much. Cause people are going to think that I think I'm the ish. And so I think that's why I struggled yeah. with imposter syndrome for a long time, because even y'all, like even, um, y'all know my fiance is a photographer, but like when people ask like him, Hey, does your fiance model? I'm always like, no, I'm 
I'm a TV host. I'm this, that, and the other. And I, I told him the other day, I got to stop doing that. I've been mm-hmm. signed since I was freaking 20 years old. Like, I have been signed. I have been doing it. And, like, I never have put it out there yeah. because I don't want to be yeah. downplayed as a journalist or she's just a cute face. No, I can rip you to shreds. That, and ooh. I can also go and model. And, you know, just those We've kinds of things it. are frowned upon. <laughs> no, no. We've seen no, it. I can rip you to shreds with my oh, opinion and my writing. It. Yes, yes, no, yes. With uh, my but opinions and my writing, but I can also poses. go and model. <laughs> and I can, you know, I can do that because I've been trained in it. It's a skill. It's not just waking up one day and you think you cute because I went through an ugly duckling phase. I wasn't always cute. So... <laughs> Anywho, no, stop I feel that. Yourself. No, it's stop so funny. Yeah, no. You're right. <laughs> I feel funny when I say I'm a makeup artist. I've been doing it for eight years. I was Priscilla Ono's assistant for a year. Yeah. Like, and I still am weird around even the makeup artists at work. I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, hey, yeah. Oh yeah, I know that liner, you know? And I'm like, why am I being yes. so ridiculous? Like, this is stupid. I've done big yeah. campaigns, like not tooting my own horn, but also toot my own horn. Toot Damn. it, toot, toot it. Toot. All right. (laughs) But like, I remember like when she asked me to assist her, I was working at TMZ and I was like, oh my God, do I quit TMZ and take on this full-time position? Am I even good enough? All this stuff. And like, God, it just, it's so crazy. You think back and like, obviously we're at where we're at now and I wouldn't change everything that's happened for the past, but yeah, God, if I'd just taken that different turn at a different point, like things would be so different. And I'm very thankful I didn't. But like, damn, just crazy. We all yeah. have areas of improvement, though. There's all lessons to be learned in everything mm-hmm. that we've done. And so I'm just glad we're able to talk about it because I think it's just this hush hush thing that yeah. we all go through and we don't speak about. And like, let's just unveil this ish, you know? Yeah, let's get real. Let's get raw. Yeah. Let's get you know, in there. That's what I love about this shit. And don't let Nikki sit up here and be silent because y'all, her food is bomb. I've had it. It's not just pretty. It's not just pretty. It's it's cute for the gram, but it's food photography is not easy. Food that's good is not easy to do. The girl is a beast. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and you're (laughs) on this ish all the time. Like your shit is always on my feed and I'm like, how does she even sleep? She has, she does all these things. (laughs) All of my stuff I do in advance because it just, it it balances out my life with, you know, Boss Lady Energy podcast, plus I have a full-time job. So trust me, I mean, it's not easy, but I do do it. But the reason why I wasn't speaking up was just because like, you guys have all have the experience of doing this. I just entered this realm of photography. So I'm kind of feeling imposter amongst all of these people that I am following on Instagram and this foodie community that I'm a part of. I feel like an imposter because, you know, I'm sitting there scrolling and I'm comparing myself to their photos to my photos, how I can be better. And I'm always trying to level up, but I'm very new at photography, like very, very new. Like I have two cameras now, like, but I started out with one that I got for like, you know, for my friend for free. Like I taught myself by doing these online courses, but I still feel like an imposter in here. Like, am I really, am I really good? Girl, you know, those you numbers are so it. great. You're my best, best girls like over here giving me tooting my own horn. Toot, toot. But, <laughs> but you've done it. Like yeah. the fact that you have a I starting know. point means that you're not at the starting point anymore, Nikki. Like, yes, we all have areas that we want to improve on, but like we've been saying, celebrate where you are. Like, you weren't doing this years ago. You probably didn't have two cameras. You probably didn't know how to style mm-hmm. a food photography video or photography or put it all to like you, what you're doing now is where you want it to be years ago. Yeah. So that's yeah. what what imposter syndrome is celebrating where you are, like getting out of thinking that this is not you doing it because you're doing it. We see you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> 
And you know, we have we have our our girls that listen and guys that listen to our show too. And we did a boss bag of, you know, people and who they've how they've felt imposter syndrome. And we got a few people that wrote in and it was kind of, it was, I felt bad almost because I'm like, damn, like these people need the love and like support and up, you know, uplifting moments too. And my friend Mm. Kelsey, everybody, you know, that knows me knows that I've done Kelsey's makeup forever. And she signed to a major record deal. And like this past year has been huge for her, but she wrote, she was the first person that wrote to me on, on Instagram about feeling imposter syndrome. Yeah. She said, every time someone good comes into my life, I feel imposter syndrome. Every time I succeed and every time I get praise every single day, every time something good happens, every time. And I'm like, dude, that's so wild to me because I mean, obviously she's had a, a, a long time to get where she's at. She's been doing this for a long time, but even to say someone good coming into her life, like her relationship, you know, it's like, I don't know. I, I it's, That just made me so sad. I was like, oh my God, Kels. Most people have gone through it. Like, I'm, I'm sure we can't even yeah. imagine like that. I'll just put Beyonce out there because y'all know that's who I love. But I, <laughs> we probably can't even imagine that she's dealt with that. But I bet she has. Like, she had to look up to somebody. She had to feel like she wasn't ready when she was on stages. Like, yeah. so it's just, I really think it's something you have to work through. At and all we levels. all can get on the other side. Yeah, girl. Yeah. Yeah, but it's so crazy though, Kristen, that you are so caught off guard and so surprised by her writing you that because you know her on a personal level Mm -hmm. you've known her for a really long time now and when you hear that from people who you've known and you know them on a different level and they're feeling that way you're like damn like and I'm thinking and you're probably thinking over here like wow she's had the best one of the best years of her life like you know uh music wise so it's crazy to think that even the you know we talked about it before with Venus and Anne Hathaway like these big stars are feeling it too so like we're all not alone in this we're all human and it doesn't have to just be in work yep yeah Yeah. so look if y'all are dealing with imposter syndrome it's I think the best practice that we can take away from this is that we need to see ourselves the way that other people see us. If you have people that are in your DMs that are praising you on the daily that are even, you know, commenting on your posts that are responding to you in real life, it could be the little little old lady on the side of the road and she just happened to like your outfit. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. not necessarily the same thing, <laughs> but what I'm saying is let's see ourselves as outsiders see us because a lot of the times we are so critical of ourselves and all of us are that we we can't see the beauty of what makes us us and what makes us stand out and it makes us unique. So if you hear people shouting at you saying you're doing it, you're doing it, lean into those, those you know, those moments and see yourself or try to at least take 50 percent of what they see and put that back into yourself. And I promise you'll feel so much better. Yeah, there can be a balance. That's going to be my last word. There's there can be a balance between the two and become the observer to those subconscious thoughts and tell them, no, this isn't the way I'm gonna live my life. You're not telling me this. I am this, I am embodying this. The mantra, I am, say it with me. People. I'm not gonna say it, but <laughs> you do you and all the other I am's out there, y'all do it too. <laughs> I love you, Kristen, I really do. <laughs> yeah, that was cute. 
<laughs> yeah, I think just something that uh, I, I definitely am working on is separating feelings from fact. And like Courtney said, you got to look at how other people look at you. You know, I my fiance, Jay, is one of my biggest supporters. And he constantly tells me, like, I'm doing a good job. And I constantly always repeat back to him. Well, like, no, but like, because I'm not doing this or this and this and this. And I'm making excuses and almost self-sabotaging exactly like what Courtney said, like where I've come and how far I've come and where I am now is where I wanted to be. So I need to start separating feeling from fact. And if everyone else out there who's listening is dealing with the same stuff, trust me, it's a work in progress, but just a little, little bit, little baby steps for me right now. I'm going to start separating feelings from fact and try and see how, you know, Jay sees me from, you know, the perspective of a working woman. So yeah, <laughs> we'll see. And hit us up, yes. hit us we'll up see. and we can go yes. through this together. Let's like yes, go definitely. through this journey. DM, DM us and also DM Kristen because she loves oh. the notifications. <laughs> but also y'all, like what Nikki was saying, see yourself as your loved one or someone who admires you, sees you. Also know that every single step that you take is not only for you. So every step that, t- that you move forward or every time that you succeed, there's somebody that's watching you. And I have to realize that my journey is not mm-hmm. for just me, it's for other people. So if I decide to give up or I decide to doubt myself and let imposter syndrome syndrome stop me and make me feel like I don't belong, then what does that say to the person that looks up to me? Does that mean that they don't have a, a you know someone that actually inspires them or are they inspired by a fraud? No, they're not. So start seeing yourself the way that your admirers you the way that God sees you the way that people that love you see you and I promise you it will get better we're all gonna get through this and DM Kristen please (laughs) start your week off with some boss lady energy every Monday and send us your suggestions for future episodes slide into those DMs and follow us on social media at boss lady energy pod